really honored also to talk about generational wealth, which is what we all uh, wish to have. And we pray out most of our parents, you know, and great grandparents uh, had the, you know, had the idea of creating generational wealth. Um, that would have, you know, facilitated so many things in our lives. Truth, like where we come from, yeah, the parents still do their best, and uh, but the generational wealth they are thinking of and they put in place are mostly, you know, assets, and you know, they buy land, they build homes, and some even try businesses. But you know, there are other concepts out there. And Do you have a sister friend who you can talk to about your imperfections, vulnerabilities, uncensored truths, journeys, and victories? Welcome to The Lounge. Our experiences coupled with scriptural truths continues to mold us and shift our paradigms. The vision is to help us all lead the best lives God proposed for each individual. We hope our stories, our conversations, and that of others allows you to view life from another lens, regardless of your season. Come on in, sisters. Let's talk. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Elvis, for being on the Sisters Let's Talk. And listeners, welcome. Welcome to the lounge. We have a nice gentleman. I don't know if you see him. Well, you don't see him. I see him. He's, <laughs> he's a nice gentleman. And he looks like somebody that will want to talk to us about finances and building wealth. And um, so we have him here again. You know, he's, this is his second time. His episode that he was here for before is one of our best listened to episodes. It, it changed lives. Yes, it changes it changed lives. Bedroom, bedroom lives. <laughs> and he told us that one of the things that caused that part of our marriages not to succeed and be what it should be is when finances is one of the problems. So we obviously we had to get him back to mm-hmm. talk about finances, building wealth, generational wealth. So welcome, Mr. Elvis. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for having me back. Uh, it's a pleasure being on your platform again. Uh, Sister Talk uh, is, is a good place. It's a good place to be and to <laughs> have to interact with you guys again and get some laughter going on. Yeah, so as you mentioned, my name is Alvis. Uh, uh, I'm a financial uh, professional, let me put it this way. And I uh, help families, you know, try to fulfill the dreams uh, within their um, respective budgets. And uh, in the course of my uh, little career I have with, in the financial industry, I've discovered that so many people are lacking uh, you know, financially, you know, and they lack the financial education on how to go along with, with their finances, how to, you know, generate wealth with the income they already have. 
So um, I'm lucky uh, to be here and really honored also to talk about generational wealth, which is what we all uh, wish to have. And we pray out most of our parents, you know, and great grandparents uh, had the, you know, had the idea of creating generational wealth. Um, that would have, you know, facilitated so many things in our lives. Through, like where we come from, yeah, the parents too do their best, and uh, but the generational wealth they are thinking of and they put in place are mostly, you know, assets and you know, they buy land, they build homes, and some even try businesses. But you know, there are other concepts out there, and especially living in the um, Western world, uh, uh -huh. we are lucky to have some of these concepts that will really uh, go a long way in changing, you know, our family's uh, destiny and trajectory, yeah. right? So yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit on the uh, concept of generational wealth, and I'm going to start just by a short, simple definition of generational wealth. Right, okay. it's just you know, um, an asset you can transfer from one generation uh, to the other, and okay. you know, advise other generations to keep on doing the same thing. And presently in our lives, you know, um, the three big ones which people really tend to dive into are like real estate and land acquisition. Um, they do, they open up businesses and try to make the business to flourish so they can pass down to their loved ones, to their children. And then they get into the big one also, which is, you know, investment funds. Now with investment funds, people really, really, really get, it's a, it's a broad, it's a broad. Yeah, thing. it is hard to understand. Right. And mm -hmm. have friends come in and be like, oh, I am putting money in this in this investment is going to make, you know, in the next one or two years, I'm going to have double the money and stuff like that. You know, and you see so many people coming up with all sorts of get rich quick schemes. And at the end of the day, everybody's crying because the money is gone. And, yeah. you know, start from afresh. So, so how like I, I want to ask like right there right how do we guard ourselves from those quick schemes or quick rich schemes or how do we know which investments to so even think about going into like what are the red flags right there with investments so if someone comes to you and tells you oh you know I, I I'm putting my money in this in this scheme and really I've already made a hundred percent out of it mm. or I've made 50% of the money I put out of it in this mm. short period of time. That's a red flag. Mm. Um, or, you know, don't name X, Y, Z company and tell you, Oh, this company is flourishing. Let's put our money into it and everything. Um, you need to go do your homework, right? Cause some people, they don't do the homework. They just wait for um, say a relative or a good friend. Uh, to tell, tell them, oh, I'm putting my money in this and I've already mm -hmm. made 50% 50, 50 of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. maybe the first 10 people who put their money in to, you know, generate that hype, they're going to yeah. get the return. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you find like a thousand people jumping in, putting in the money. And after about a month, 
there's nothing to get anymore. They're either bankrupt or they just disappear in thin air. And you don't know who to hold, hold responsible for that. You're not going to hold your friend responsible because maybe he's going to tell you, oh, I lost money too. I didn't yeah. know it was going to be like that. Right? And we see that also with the crypto. I'm not saying that crypto is a bad thing. Is There are so many people who've made good money in the crypto world. And there are so, so many people who've lost money in the crypto world as well. And uh, there is one rule of thumb that everybody needs to have in their mind. Mm. For you to generate wealth, you need money and time. So if someone comes and tells you, oh, in one year, two years, you'll be making money, that's a red flag because you need a longer time to make money. And looking at what the interest rates are right now, you even need a more longer time to make money, right? So uh, time and money or money and time is your key ingredients for you to generate wealth. That is. When you go into, say, investment funds, um, there is just one concept that I see it as the bread and butter of you know, generating wealth and, and, and creating generational wealth. This you can do for children. This you can do for yourself. And it works. And with this, you have your income is protected. Because nobody wants to put money anywhere which is not protected. Uh Nobody wants to put money anywhere where there's not going to be, you're not sure you're going to have a growth, right? You're not guaranteed the growth. And nobody wants to put money anywhere where, you know, you have interest. And by the time you want to collect your interest, the government is after you. You need to pay those taxes, right? At the end of the day, you're generating money for the government, not for yourself, your family, right? So these are those little things that uh, you need to look into when you want to invest because, and that that would be a smart way to invest. And you also want to be able to pass this investment down to your generation, right? Without Mm -hmm. making it a burden to them. Yeah. Because if you're gifting me something, I just want to enjoy it. I don't want to put it in the work anymore. Right? I just want to rip from what you did. It's just like someone planting a tree. You know, you're planting a tree now because you want to create a shade for your future generation to be able to sit under the, the tree when it's too hot and feel a little cold or even plant that tree to generate fruits. Right? So, um, and with this, the um, product which most people use to get protection of your income, guaranteed growth, mm-hmm. you know, um, growing the money in a tax advantage way and passing that money on to your next generation also in a tax advantageous way and with less burden are, uh, you know, through either a whole life or a universal life insurance. True. Mm-hmm. Now I've brought that cat out of the back. I know, I know. Like somebody (laughs) told us, stay away from whole life, stay away from universal life, do term life. Then somebody says, no, don't do term life. Term life doesn't have anything. Go to whole life. And then whole life is like, oh, whole life is too expensive. So um, which one? Right. So so the thing is, you know, one thing everybody needs to ask themselves is, okay, Insurance, mm-hmm. is it an expenditure or is it an investment for me? Mm. 
the knowledge most people have about insurance is I'm putting in that money. I will not be able to reap anything from that money. That's true. And only That's my true. loved ones will get that money. So why do I have to take my money, which I could be using now, to put in put in somewhere for others to use when I'm dead? That's I need. Right. I don't need a dead benefit or keep my dead benefit. I need a living benefit. Some people will say that, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is where universal life and whole life comes in. Okay. It is expensive, downturn, but it is, it is worth it. Mm. Because with whole life or universal life, right, your principal or the, the, the premium you put in, mm-hmm. right, um, you get the, the value of it. You get the value of your premium, right? It doesn't depreciate. And oh, okay. so you, the money you're putting in is also protected because though it is providing you some life coverage, it is also bringing you dividends. And as we all know, dividends never goes minus. No matter yeah. how the market is, dividends never goes minus, okay? And then the dividends is the cash value, which down the road, you, while living, you can actually get into it and get the cash value and use it for mm-hmm. your, you know, your own needs. But you now, don't have to pay taxes on those. There are ways for you to take out that money without paying any taxes. No, okay. Right now, I just have to just throw it out there. Mm. Money you borrow, you don't pay taxes on. Right, you don't pay taxes yeah. on money you borrow. Because if not, everybody will be paying taxes to, to the government for every money they borrow. Mm. But so long as you borrow money, you don't pay taxes on that. So yeah. you can get into your cash, into your cash value and withdraw money, right? So you're basically you're, borrowing from yourself. You're basically borrowing from yourself. But so, you, you can pay taxes on your, uh, well, in the US 401k or your RSP if you do any withdrawal. Right. So this is the difference between between people will say, but I have RASP, which is here in Canada. I have RASP. I have TFSA. Now, RASP or RRSP. So that's like our own 401k. Okay. Yes. So you put money in it, right? This is uh, before tax money. So you don't pay no taxes on it. And mm-hmm. you have this tax, you have, you know, it gives you an advantage. Right, so you have it, it gets deducted from your annual, right? So you don't pay any taxes on it. Now, if it is invested well, right, you will get a huge return on it. But now this is the catch: you are going to pay taxes on the money which you put in the RRSP and the interest which you made on it. So you're paying hundred percent taxes on it when you take it out. When you take it out. Mm. Right? So who wants to invest money and to take the money and give back to the government? Nobody wants to do that. You know, I would like to invest my money. It grows. And I take my money without any problem. Right? But, and where but it is you, guaranteed. You, but you probably, so you probably grow in it. Don't, don't you grow it faster if you take advantage with the ones that your employer is also investing in it? Because your employer matches that um, 401k or RESP as well. 
So you basically put in some, your employer also put it in some. So that kind of grows your your pocket book faster. Cool. Now, this is the thing. Every money you invest, there is a return onto it. Mm -hmm. Okay? And yeah. this depends on the market. So, true. The more you put in, mm -hmm. the more you have to invest. Yeah. The more you have to let grow. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the thing is, you want to invest money and get this money in a tax advantageous way. Okay. Right? Because that's that's basically the sense of you investing. You want to mm. make profit. Yeah. What's the sense of me investing in taxes on everything that I what I put in and what I've made out of? It makes no sense. Reminder, you have what it takes, you just have to say it. Be a student. Only you can do what you're created to do. Visit our website, www.sistersletstalk.com. That is www.sistasletstalk.com. Ask a question, leave a comment, or let us know how you're holding up. Subscribe to Sisters Let's Talk wherever you listen to podcasts. We want you to be the first to know when another episode is ready. One tiny favor, sis. Let's invite all the sisters to the lounge.